0: Hello, this is Pete Rizzo from Checkbook IRA. And in today's podcast, we have Tim Immel from Beckstone Partners. Beckstone Partners specializes in selling tax-free, Roth, or tax-deferred traditional IRA cash-flowing corporate tenant investment properties, utilizing self-directed IRAs, Checkbook IRAs, 1031 exchanges, or solo 401ks. They are 100% passive IRS-compliant strategies. It's geared toward mom-and-pop investors throughout the United States and allows our, our clients to instantly more than double their investment over traditional markets. We utilize opportunities within the tax code. that has been available since 1974. Well, Tim, welcome to our Checkbook IRA's podcast.
1: Hey, Peter. Thank you for, uh, for having myself and uh, Beckstone Partners
0: on. Well, good. good. Can you explain Beckstone? A little bit. I've explained kind of what your, you know, your company does. Um, just a little bit about, you know, I know you go after emerging markets. There's, you know, it's all, you know, corporately owned real estate. You know, just give me kind of, listeners listeners kind of a background, if you would. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, the background behind Backstone is really, where was there a void in the market when it comes down to Real estate investors want to utilize what, you know, we know that you and I talk about all the time. Uh, the ancillary investments are alternative investments of going out there and using a strategy, utilizing the self-directed IRA to be able to purchase what is passive real estate investments. You know, so many people, wonder about it and think about it and say you know I've heard about this strategy I know you hear it all the time over at Checkbook IRA about you know investors who who hear about it but the fact of the matter is this this law is you know, since 1974 we've been able to utilize alternative investments in our retirement accounts but only four to five percent of the total population that has these accounts are taking advantage of a, a very very powerful uh way to invest or you know what we like to say is diversify your retirement account the the big caveat to it or a few of them were really is investors understanding that they had to be passive but how do they do it more or less armchair investing how do i how do I do this? Like I do the stock market, you know, you don't buy Apple stock and go to California and check in on how everything is going, uh, with Apple, you know, uh, but with real estate, it it brought in a lot of different elements that, that with that, as you know, brings in fear, right? So these investors are want to do it are interested in doing it, but they're just scared. Um, so we answer that question. What you talked about is emerging markets. We go into, uh, markets that are not, you know, those boom, bust markets, not markets that, you know, are, are really, you know, inherited by beautiful pictures of palm trees and, and our, our instinct to say, I want that type of markets. We're in the markets that don't make the press. They they, they don't make the newspapers because, the fact of the matter is we go where the jobs are, where the jobs are going to drive rental prices up and and really secure supply and demand. Because at the end of the day, in this, this crisis that we're in, you know, there is surviving or thriving markets. I would like to say that are isolated um, from COVID-19 and, and thank you to all of you listeners who are out there. I mean, it's uh, towards the end of April here, and, and we've all been through this, but I'm going to continue. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but thank you to all those people. But at the end of the day, there is isolated markets uh, with our due diligence, and, and I will talk about that later with you, Peter. But we, we, we were very fortunate to be in not only an emerging market, but it's been a thriving market and i will hit on that but the other big deal is that you know that that bexone is so well known for is is the financing you know a lot of investors you know are used to purchasing investment real estate and going out and getting a a a loan with that you know maybe a conventional loan within their own personal guarantee that's a big deal personal guarantee you know any of the loans that you're applying for with any of your traditional banks those are going to be you know underwritten by fat Fannie Freddie Ellie and at the end of the day those are sold off to the secondary market but you have put your name your personal guarantee that you, you know, promise to repay and when you get into the IRA space uh, the IRS says hey you can you can leverage your alternative investment in real estate but you cannot personally guarantee it Ladies and gentlemen, that means that the loan is called non-recourse, and non-recourse means it's a collateral-based loan. That the bank or the lender is only looking for the performance of the asset, the value of the asset. Where uh, that's their collateral. That's it. The uh, everything stops there. Um, At the end of the day, if you default on a non-recourse loan, the only uh thing that the bank has back is to take the property back and that may sound scary but we have to put it out there that you know there's always a chance that you know something happens in life something crazy happens but in this climate today and the loans that our our lenders have secured non-recourse on this property i mean it has industry breaking rates and the great part about it is is every all the underwritten underwriting on these properties has been done prior to us bringing them uh, to market, to sell to investors, just like your checkbook IRA investor or anyone else, you know, throughout the country or really the world. But at the end of the day, you know, we have done, we've really solved a problem where yes, there is financing available. Is it hard to get without, you know, somebody like us who has the financing already secured, already there. And I think Peter, you can attest to, you know, financing in the non-recourse marking market it's 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 shoddy you're going to find interest rates that are higher you're going to find you know fees that are front end loaded with you know application fees and and everything based on appraisal that you have to pay for and if and and there is lenders that do it niche lenders but they they have the portfolio of those loans and and hold them so you know, they're gonna take a bunch of applications and I've always said that, you know, those small banks that do do non-recourse lending for, you know, IRA investors, they have quite a business model because if they get a hundred applications and they only accept five or six or seven or eight, those five to eight deals are deals that at sixty percent loan to value, we all would own. We right. always take those, right? Their business model is like the, the, their IRA investors out there are their bird dogs to put, you know, great performing assets on their books. And it's, a, it's a good business model, but you know what? Another, you know, 50 to 60 to 70% of those are probably really good properties and people are taking their time going out and finding them and they're yeah. not
0: getting the financing. Well, I think that you're bringing up a good point, Jim, because, you know, I mean, as you're describing this, that, you know, there are, you know, somebody that has their own checkbook IRA or solo 401k that does their own investing, you know, some of them like they go out and, you know, do the bird dog, get the money, find the property, do the property management. You kind of take the whole thing, the, that problem away from them, where yeah. they can go in and just get one package and it's all turnkey
1: hundred percent. We, we try to say, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's a solution. It's really solving a problem within the space that's going to get investors into a fantastic rehab property or new construction property that they're going to have the financing's already secured. And at the end of the day, you know, with a fantastic company like checkbook IRA, whether it's checkbook that they go solo that they go or any of your other solutions that you guys have, we have just found this great, great alternative way to invest that is going to save them on the headaches of the market, that they're going to thrive at the end of the day, they're going to get returns that they're, they calculated returns, they're contracted returns, because they have a, you know, a corporate lease in that property, in those, those, those properties, you know, they don't have to deal with all the headaches that come around with real estate. Yeah, there is some, but there's headaches with any kind of investing and this is a solution that they can, they can really take their bottom line and increase, increase where they are and where they're going because at the end of the day with what we're dealing with today, you know, this isn't a, a recession or a real estate market crash type crisis this isn't you know based on wall street having you know uh, 10 times the lending power that they did and had to place funds and everybody had you know could apply for six seven eight mortgages and and obtain them at the end of the day just based on what i like to say is you know everything but you know uh testing your blood and seeing what your blood type is well it's
0: it's, it's interesting it's interesting that you say that jim because all the indicators, I talked to a real estate investor earlier today, who has, you know, has a lot of real estate investments and the markers from the last real estate crash just aren't there. And there is so much, you know, so much aid now for people to make their mortgage payments, to make the, and they have equity, so. Here's the other thing, Peter, is
1: we didn't go into this COVID crisis in, in oversupply. We actually right. went in with- Very time. undersupply under supply and there's a new article that I was just reading prior to this call uh that it's tested to the under supply and here's here's the great thing that I've with our due diligence and our research in emerging markets and and supply that we're in and what we're going to see is here's what we're going to really 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 see some great great results in acquiring real estate today that's that's at the market price, because so many people have taken their properties off the market that were ready to sell and go buy a new house, right? right. So taking that inventory off. And then here's the other thing. Imagine right now, all of the people, all of the developers that have worked the last year, two years, three years, uh, horizontally improvement, um, everything that they were planning to go to the bank in February or March of 2020, and bring in their, you know, go get financing for their project to be built. And the bank just says, we don't have the time, we're not financing right now, we're not open. All of those projects are going to be that were slated to go in and start building in March of 2020. That's not going to happen. So you're going to have this huge pushback of supply that's going to go until, you know, maybe the end of this Q4, or maybe. Uh, Q1 2021. So you're going to have this 12-month void in building, right? That's going to push everything back. And with us printing money the way that we're printing money, we're going to, I believe that we're going to come into this wave of inflation. A lot of people are going to be in the recovery state where, you know, uh, they're going to have to recap on these funds. So the prices are going to go up, which is, entail, you know, if National Gypsum raises the price of Drywall, ten points. Everybody, new construction. You have to pay that ten points, right? You have to pay that ten percent higher. So that's going to cost, you know, something that they were going to come to market at the median home price of three fifty. They're coming at, you know, uh, three eighty five or whatever that number is. They're going to come to market at that price, which is going to cause all existing inventory that's already built priced below replacement cost to follow the same trend. It's not like new home construction just goes up in price and nobody else goes up in price. Everybody follows the tailwind. So we're gonna have this huge influx. We're not gonna see, uh, you know, this isn't a thing that people are gonna say, okay, I'll give up my second home or I'll give up my investment property. And you know what, you see a lot lot of this press talking about, oh, landlords, you know, they're not getting paid. They're not gonna be able to make this money. Well, at the end of the day, when the banks have the recovery that they're getting as well, it's it kind of all meets what it is, and everybody's talked about it, is this pause. It's a pause on both sides of the transaction. It's it's a pause on the agreements that that people have had with their banks and their their, their mortgages. This is a kind of just really we might as well have all just gone into a time capsule, and I believe that it's going to really start back up because there's inherited. You know, the cognitive thinking that our brain has and that millennials have that are really driving markets is when this all turns around, sure, there's gonna be a trickle down of weeks, months, year. But when somebody's used to doing something, they're not used to what this is, right? If they're 28, 29, 30 years old, they're used to going out to the bars, restaurants, they're used to flying to see their friends. It's gonna be, you know, they're gonna eventually they they will get back there and everybody's going to be making up the funds. And the other thing is, is just, I believe that there's, there may be, you know, this reemergence back into hometown, right? Where people were born, you know, went to college and, and there's the influx of millennials who have like, it's never happened before where they're going to be, you know, where they leave for the city, right? They leave for the city, they leave for Phoenix, they leave for wherever, they leave to these markets from Ohio, from Iowa, or wherever in the world they go, right? It used to be the very few people who'd go to college and then leave the state or where they're from. They stay close to the family. And I think a lot of people who have moved to very urban climates, you know, your LA, your New York, your Chicago, your Texas, they're going to start to realize things during this time period where they're going to go back home. Or they have families with small kids, and they say, "You know what? We don't need this. or I do not like living in this 800 square foot apartment or whatever it is. I well, think that's a,
0: a great point you make, Tim, because there was just a large article and uh, I don't know if it was in the Wall Street Journal or where it was, but people are realizing a couple of things. They don't have to they don't have to live in an urban city to work for a big company anymore. They, they can right. work, you know, they can telemarket that this pandemic for whatever bad things have come out of it there's more of a sense of community coming back that you know people that live in the urban areas you know they can get out they can walk around they can breathe they can do that rather than being stuck in an 800 foot square foot apartment 100%. new york city right Um,
1: and you think about the ones with the families and you think about you know, I believe in in what I see here being based in Des Moines, Iowa. You know, we see, you know, there's so much urban sprawl because there's so much land. But I think what you're gonna see is people who move back from the city and go to the secondary markets, you know, let's say Cleveland or, or you know whatever it is. Right. Whatever it is, they're going to move back to the towns, but they're going to want somewhat of an urban living, so they're going to live closer to the downtowns. And I think some of these smaller like you're from Minneapolis, you've seen you've seen what's happened to St. Paul in, in Minneapolis over the last 10 years, a huge boom and going back to the city. I mean, St. Paul for, per se you know, 20 years ago was almost gone, right? And now downtown St. Paul is the happiness place. It's the art spots.
0: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Even though, yeah, there's only a couple of major employers down there. People are living down there because, you know, they can walk. There's good quality of life. They can walk to the river. They can, you know, walk to the ballpark, um, which is down there. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of what you say community.
1: Yeah. And I think you're going to see that in the secondary markets come out of this. I think the major metros and then of course your vacation spots are going to see this kind of, Oh no. And kind of come back where we're going to see a lot of rehabbed homes, which fall right into where we are in the markets that we're in. We're going to see a lot of people, you know, wanting to buy these, these, you know, homes that are more urban, that have mature trees that have life close to a downtown area where they can get that, what I would call vibe, that that millennial feeling. Right. They're going to do it closer to family and they're going to realize that they're going to have some land. And I I think that I wouldn't call sprawling suburbia. I would call infill suburbia is going to see a huge, huge emergence from this, this this terrible pandemic.
0: Well, let me ask you a quick question too, because you know, one of the things that, you know, when somebody invests with Dexto on one of your projects, they're investing in an individual unit, correct? Yeah, that's a question that's a great question. We get it all the yeah. time.
1: Am I buying into a tenants in common? Am I buying into a fund? Mm-hmm. No. So so you're buying just like a it's it's a single family home or it's a duplex or quad or town home. It is that individual parcel that they own. There's no share, there's nothing else. We don't do that, we don't commingle anybody into any sort of, you know, corporation or fund or anything like that. So the great part about that is every investor has a different goal. Every investor says, okay, you know, we have investors that are 35 years old that want continued growth long term passivity. They want to, you know, take their first investment at 35 ride the cycle but be aggressive with the cycle. You know, traditionally a, a good real estate market cycle seven years, and a lot of them were in one and two where they could ride it for five years to sell that property, take the cash flow, take their gains tax-free or tax-deferred, buy two properties from us. You know, build up their portfolio. Then we have other investors that are in their seventies that have required minimum distributions, and this is a really big one where they say you know, I have my RMDs, I could take $100,000 and the IRS tells me I need to take $8,000 a year and deplete my stock portfolio. Because ladies and gentlemen, imagine that. You're essentially taking that $8,000 out. So the money that you make off of 100 is no longer at 100, it's off of 92. But if you have cash flowing real estate, let's say we make that 100 grand, generate you $8,000 in cash flow, right, your cash flow then becomes your required minimum distribution, this is for you traditional investors, and you can offset that, and you're not having to deplete your account, what you're doing is then giving yourself a paycheck on a monthly cash flow basis. So, you know, those investors are are huge as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, think of it as, you know, call it a house, call it cash flow, but the great part about it, over 50% of that investment is going to be secured by approved, approved non-recourse
0: financing. We close these in 7 to 10 days. Well, I think, I, and I hope the people listening to this realize how, how big a deal this is. Because most of the real estate investments that are out there, unless you go and do it yourself, you're buying into a percentage of an investment. Mm-hmm. You're not buying into a, an individual property. And I know when you and I first started talking, I was really intrigued because this is—it's kind of taken a lot of the hassle away from investing in individual real estate properties. And it—I always like to like to look at it, and I tell people talking about checkbook IRAs or solo 401 ks. If God forbid we blew up tomorrow, you know, people are still going to have their checkbook IRA. It's not going to affect them in one iota, whereas when they make one of these investments, whatever happens to the real estate market they still have a they still have a property that's drawing cash flow Absolutely. that's being rented that's it's not part of another whole organization of investments it it's almost scary to think you know how
1: if you take a week let's say you have a vacancy in real estate for three months does that mean that your property is collapsing that your life is collapsing no but we feed wall street so much money and they take three months off and it loses 30 40 percent i'm not going to say the p word but man that's a scary thing to say is where did all that money go right it doesn't make any sense and i know that stock people will you know have an answer for this and but keep it simple keep it where the wealth has been made over years and years and years real estate is not complicated and that's the one thing that a lot of people believe that it comes with investment real estate is that it's hard and complicated no it's your team if you have a good team if you have the right people on your side that get it it is not hard and it can create true wealth and it's 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 not just dramatic swings of volatility cuz guys the volatility that's happening right now, I, I have friends who are in New York that, you know, we're in oil and gas. And, you know, when it was 120 a barrel. And I was talking to him last weekend, and, and he said, he's a very good friend. He said, it doesn't matter how much it is, it doesn't matter to us. It's how volatile it is. Right. That's all they care about. They don't care about your dollar. They don't care if you bought it at seventy and it's two dollars now. They don't care. They make their money off the volatility. Technology in the last twenty years, and especially the last ten years in trading, it's it's not based on the amount. Well, it's based on the trade, money paid by the big dogs. Isn't based by the amount. The other thing is, is, you look at the stimulus that's happening, in 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 the furlongs and and everything happening in the hotel industry. I mean. My wife is a director of a brand new hotel that's not even open yet and she got furlonged right yeah and in the hotel though has to continue their construction to open their doors this year to be a hus, uh, uh a hotel in 2020 to get all the benefits from the government now i've been looking at this and what's going to happen is not only are they going to furlong not get dinged for unemployment, but they're going to end up in a much better position by this happening, it's terrible to say. It's terrible to say. I understand, but I'm just talking pure investment. They understand the strategy, you know, the bigger companies understand the strategy. You know, you look at the Hilton continuing to come out and come out with these press releases, but what they're doing, I have more friends on the back end, they're gonna be fine. Everyone's going to be fine except the government's going to continue to print money, which entail will bring inflation. And if you lock up real estate today in the right emerging market, and I can tell you about that, but I am telling you guys the prices are not going to drop. And what's going to happen is the next wave is going to be even better of the wave from 2011 to now, because the wealth wasn't made in the guys who, who bought houses in 2008 to 2011 and, and flipped them. That wasn't where the wealth was made. The wealth was made to the guys who purchased the last, you know, through 2011 to 2018 because the prices have just continued to go up. And it's kind of one of those things with interest rates at 3 to 4% for, a you know, a first-time home buyer you know, maybe those people had plans to buy their second home and aren't doing it right now, but they're not letting their houses go. They're just living in them. Right. It's, 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 it's kind of one of those things that God bless all the families that have dealt with this and, and, but man, it, it will be okay. And we will get through this. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, it's money and it's, it's, you know, everybody can pick on everybody else from administration to the other side. It doesn't matter. But the economics tell us exactly what we believe is going to happen. I have no crystal ball, but, you know, rest assured, our team has been here, has been working some virtually. I'm in the office. But, you know, at the end of the day, We'll get through this and to, to be able to secure and own it in a tax-free or tax-deferred state, and you know, this quarter is, is, is phenomenal. We're still doing business.
0: Well, man, a quick question. What projects do you have available right now? Well, right now,
1: I mean, where, where we are, Peter, is very exciting. We are, we are based in the snack food capital of the world, right? We've indicated this market last year and this is in uh, uh, more of the Hanover County area Pennsylvania is our true focus right now uh, because, well, Campbell's Soup, which we've all known has performed unbelievable. Last year had one of their largest acquisitions ever in acquiring Hanover Snyder's Pretzel Lance chips. And we have uh, Oots chips and Hershey all located right here and if you look at campbell stock i said it you know two months ago it's going to skyrocket they're performing like no other so we have this snack food capital world these companies who are doing phenomenal our tenants are working right it is they're at a boom state right now and, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, after this, nobody's going to buy Campbell's soup or anything else. That's not true. Oh, you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's what's being said. Both your dieters, right, who never tried this kind of food are saying, oh, let's keep this in there. And the other thing that we have that I think we're, you know, you look at Charmin and everybody else, people are going to not stop stocking. We have this new uh, it's 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 even greater than Y2K, where we have people stocking their shelves. They're gonna have their ammunition of supplies. This isn't going away. So you know High V headquarters um is is based right here in West Des Moines. And they're 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 not scared. They will be stocking up on these snack foods forever because people are always going to now have this is now embedded in us. It's 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 close your eyes and tell me where you were when 9-11 hit seems like yesterday yeah right same thing here so you guys investing in these this market was emerging it's a steady eddy. it's a it's it's a market that's being driven by not only the, the snack foods but natural gas as well as um um, the Panama Canal expansion is just east of there, which will see a huge boom as well. So we're, we have a lot, a lot of really good things happening for us, and the price points are, are fantastic. You know, you know, investors, you know, with forty thousand dollars and their forty fifty thousand dollars can own a own a 100 120000 twenty thousand dollar house with us. And it's one of those things where you know that's kind of the minimum, that really the most people are investing sixty to seventy, but right right around there. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you can diversify yourself and get yourself into a fantastic situation.
0: Well Tim how do we if somebody's interested to in hear this, how do they get a hold of you? What's the best way to very get some easy information?
1: Uh, Beckstone, B-E-C-K-S-T-O-N-E, Partners, plural.com. They can fa- call us here, five one five Four one four eight seven three six, or shoot us an email just at tim at beckstonepartners It's the easiest, and I can get it out to my team or answer myself. But at the end of the day, we believe in you guys and so much, and, and really want to thank you for for having us on here. I mean, Peter, you and I could talk about this for hours, but we know that everybody's got a lot of stuff going on with family and, and uh, necessary. Items to take care of, and please take care of those first. But we're here for you. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, and and we do have uh, web uh, webinars on our on our website with Checkbook IRA specifically.
0: So well, that's great. That's great. And again, it'll you know the contact info will be on our podcast website too, so you can get it, or you can email me at Peter at Checkbook IRA a.com. I'd be happy to send your information to Tim. Again, Hey Tim, thanks a lot. You know, say hi to Kevin. I'm sorry he couldn't make it today, but you did a great job of explaining what you guys do and the significance of the investment and the uniqueness of it.
1: Yeah. So, well, thank, thank you very you much. much as always, Peter, uh, stay safe, stay blessed and we'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Bye-bye.